Hey, elevate, elevate. Only obligation is to tell it straight. And we're back. I know you guys been waiting and waiting for me to get another one going. Got another episode coming. Now, on this episode, I'm gonna say some things that not everybody's gonna like, but if you just listen, it all makes sense. It all it's all gonna make sense. I hope you guys are having a good day. Uh, let's go ahead and get it started. Uh, first thing I'm gonna say is, what's going on with the Lakers, man? I don't know. I'm watching them. I'm betting money. I'm gonna lose money. Uh, everything's going crazy for these Lakers right now. But hey, another day, you know, new ideas coming. So as far as the Lakers go, my idea with the Lakers is they should shut it down. Yes, right. I said it. As an avid Lakers fan, you don't want to hear things like that. You know, it's a it's a glorious, prestigious winning organization. But in order to get where you want to go, sometimes you got to sacrifice. And when LeBron first got there this year, the expectations were set really, really high. And it didn't pan out quite right. So with that being said, I think the Lakers should shut it down and go ahead and tank. Um, this year, the, the rules on the tanking has changed drastically. Um, in the in the past, if you finish with a let me see, if you finish with a top a bottom three, if you finish with a bottom three record, uh, the, the 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 worst record in the league will have a twenty five percent chance of getting the number one overall pick. Um, the the second seed, the, the the second lowest seed. I'm sorry, the second lowest seed would have a 19.9% chance, and then the third lowest seed would have a 15.6% chance of winning the number one pick. Now, this year, things have changed. But before I get to that, let's go to this. As of today, the Lakers stand with the 12th worst record in the NBA, meaning if everything went in order, 1 through 14 with the non-NBA team, the non-playoff teams going to the playoffs, and if it went in record order, the Lakers would be 12th. The thing about that is, and why I say tank is, because if the Lakers were to tank, they currently stand three and a half games behind the Washington Wizards. Now, the Washington Wizards have the seventh worst record in the NBA. So, again, if it went in chronological order from the worst to first, uh, the Wizards will be in seventh right now and the Lakers will be in 12th. Now, that seventh spot matters a whole lot. The reason why that seventh spot matters so much is because in the 10th spot, I mean, I'm sorry, in the 12th spot the Lakers are currently in, they have a mm, 1.5% chance to get a top four pick, right? Now, if they moved from the 12th pick, the 12th worst, the 12th pick to the seventh pick, Based on the new rule changes that's going on with the the NBA trying to uh, forbid tanking or forbid rewarding teams that tank, if the Lakers went from the 12th seed to the 7th seed as far as the picks or 12th pick to the 7th pick, they would go from a 1.5% chance of getting the top four selection to 32% chance of getting the top selection. Now, that's crazy. That's crazy. And now the Lakers would also be in play for the number one seed. The number one seed will have 
a 7.5% chance of happening if the Lakers were in seventh. Talk to me. That, that sounds good, man. That sounds good to me. Um, and and it sounds great because they're looking terrible. They're looking so terrible. LeBron throwing the ball off the backboard at the end of the game. Uh, I think what they're doing is they show teams that, hey, if we want to kick it up a gear, we could. They beat the Rockets right after the All-Star break, so everything looked good. But since then, they've lost games to uh, – the Phoenix Suns, man. They lost to the Grizzlies, man. And then if you're able to get either you're in play, if you get if you get to a seventh worst record, you got a a seven point nine percent chance of getting the number one overall pick, and you got a thirty two percent chance of getting the top four pick. Now with people like you got Zion and them coming out, you got Zion, you got Cam, you got uh, Jared Tolliver, you got John Morant, um, you got R.J. Barrett. You guarantee one of those five players. Now, the, the the kicker to that is that's something to add to a trade package for, let's say, an Anthony Davis or a Damon Lillard because that top four pick is going to be valuable. And then that's something else that the Celtics wouldn't have to offer because if the, if, if the Clippers make the playoffs, the Celtics will get their pick. It's a, it's, a, it's a lottery protected pick, meaning if you make the playoffs, you're not in the lottery. So the Celtics would the Celtics would get the Clippers pick that would be after 14. Now, if the if the if the if the Clippers miss the playoffs, they keep their pick. But the Lakers getting the top four pick, maybe if they get if they, if they get in front of the Wizards in the in the losing column. And start losing more games will be better than whatever the Celtics have to offer. As you can see, everything's just setting up perfectly. After the All-Star break, Brandon Ingram has been on the tear. Shut him down. He played. He's been killing. I think he's been averaging about 25 points a game since the All-Star break. Shut him down. Don't need nothing else. Kuzma hurt. He got hurt last game against the Clippers. He out for a week with an ankle. Shut him down. Lonzo Ball been gone since they played against the Rockets the time that LeBron was out. He been gone since then when Kyle Kuzma went off in the first quarter and then got shut down by P.J. Tucker. Don't bring him back. Shut it down. LeBron James, go ahead and pass Michael Jordan in the, on the scoring list in the next game. Shut it down. That's what the Lakers should do. Shut everybody down. And if the NBA... Wants to do like they do with Anthony Davis and say, make him play. LeBron James, start the game. You're going to start every game. You're going to play eight minutes and you're done. Shut it down. Or get some video. He in Hollywood. Get some video and go ahead and, and just fake an injury in practice. Act. Act. You're an actor. You're in movies. You're in Hollywood. Let's make it happen. That's my plan for the Lakers. Now, by me saying this, I'm going to lose $50 on the bet. I bet my line brother $50 that Lakers going to make the playoffs and it ain't looking too good. But if I got to sacrifice $50 to, to build a championship team, I'll do it. Because I'm definitely about to, about to probably lose that bet. So he's waiting for $50 once the Lakers get mathematically eliminated. So, tank. And for those of you who don't know what tanking is, you're losing on purpose. Or or you're, you're not winning on purpose. I wouldn't say losing on purpose because... Every fighter has a chance 
has a puncher's chance. So what you're doing is you're you're sitting your best players. You you're or you're not playing them as much. And you're playing the 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 young guys who don't have any experience. And most of the time you're gonna lose. So that's what tanking is if if you don't know what tanking is. So my suggestion for the Lakers would be just tank. You got 18 games left. Go 0-18. It doesn't matter. As as fans, we've already sat through five years of not making the playoffs. A six won't, won't hurt. If it means that we're building a championship contender in the next three years. LeBron has a lot of mileage on him. A lot of playoff miles. He's been to the championship, been to the finals eight years in a row. That's a lot of mileage, man. So sit it down. Shut it down. Fake your injury. Go Hollywood. You're about to be in Space Jam. You can act. Go to practice. Act. Fake an injury. Pass Michael Jordan first in the next game. Pass Michael Jordan on the all-time scoring list. And then after this game, you don't play again. You play tonight against uh, the Nuggets. So that means you got Thursday and Friday and Saturday shoot-around. So you got Thursday practice, Friday practice, Saturday shoot-around to fake something before you play against the Celtics. So LeBron, fake that injury for me. Kuzma already hurt. Brandon Ingram. Hurt his shoulder. It's all setting up perfectly. Brandon Ingram, shut it down. You've been balling. Shut it down. Lonzo Ball, don't come back. Shut it down. Kyle Kuzma, shut it down. LeBron James, shut it down. And everybody else just play and lose games. Go 0-18. Get a better chance of getting one of these top four to five picks. Use that as ammo. Or use that as a building block, whatever you want to do. I'm, I'm pretty sure use this ammo to get a, a, a Damian Lillard or Anthony Davis or Bradley Bill, whomever. Whomever you got to get in order to build a championship roster, go ahead and let it happen. Tank. Tank, tank, tank. Purposely. And again, I know a lot of Lakers fans don't want to hear this because we come from championship galore. But, hey, you got to play the game. Just play the game and, and, and it'll turn out in the right way. Play the game. Get a great pick. Move it. Do what you got to do to build a championship roster. Now, switching back to in my last the last episode, uh, I said that Giannis should be the MVP of the NBA. And since then, I've got a lot of pushback from uh, a lot of my colleagues that thinking James Harden should get it. Um, what he's been doing, scoring, is crazy, keeping his team afloat, et cetera, et cetera. I believe it. I believe that or I agree that he has been keeping his team afloat. He has been scoring a lot. James Harden is averaging 37 points a game this season. Sounds great. But did we forget that the season is 82 games and not 57 games? reason why I say that is because the Rockets were 11 and 14 in the first 25 games. Now, never in the history of the NBA has an MVP trophy been given out to a team that's losing. Now they're winning now, but I'm saying the first 25 games, the Rockets were 11 and 14. Now, of course, people are going to say, oh, injuries, roster turnover. There's roster turnover on every team every year, first and foremost. Second, injuries happen to every team every year. And third, and finally, I know we're not talking about Chris Paul. Chris Paul? Chris Paul. Has been in the league for 14 years. He's only played 65 or more games seven times. He's not going to do it this year either. 
So are we talking about the Chris Paul is always hurt? That you're depending on him? So James Harden should get MVP because Chris Paul was hurt? Chris Paul always hurt. What difference does that make? Giannis has been on the best team, the best player on the best team, putting up crazy stats since the beginning of the season. Giannis doesn't have a co-star. James Harden, co-star Chris Paul. Paul George, co-star Russell Westbrook. MVP Russell Westbrook. Kevin Durant and, and Steph Curry just probably can't win it because people don't like the Warriors and they have each other. So Steph Curry has MVP Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant has MVP Steph Curry. So they can't win it. So you're looking at what everybody's saying. You got Paul George. Like I said in the last episode, you got Paul George. You got James Harden. And you got Giannis. Giannis. It's, it's simple. A couple of weeks ago, Candace Parker went on there, went on, on NBA TV and said, what are you watching? How could you not vote for James Harden? What? Is she crazy? Did she not see the first 25 games of the season? Is the season 82 games or 57 games? Now, James Harden is an alien. The way that he scores the basketball is, is, is wow, it's crazy. It's not human. But the game is about more than just scoring. Hey, he gets buckets. He makes it look good. He look good doing it. He shoot a lot of shots. Does that count for anything? Does efficiency ever count for anything? No? Oh, well, to me, efficiency counts for a lot. Paul George, balling, balling, balling. Paul George hurt right now, though. So, Paul George hurt. And he has a co-star. James Harden. Was 11 and 14 the first 25 games, and people are gonna make excuses. We do live in Houston, they're gonna make excuses. Hey, oh man, people were hurt, roster turnover, whatever. It doesn't matter. Everybody has roster turnover, every team deals with injuries. And, 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 and Giannis has a new coach. Nobody talk about that though. But even still, let's go with Giannis. Last year, during James Harden's MVP campaign, Chris Paul played 58 games. So for people who are saying, oh, the Rockets are injured and he carried them, so he should get MVP. Okay. They won more games last year when he won MVP than they want to win this year. They had the best record in the NBA last year. Let me correct that. The best record in the NBA last year. And Chris Paul played 58 games. MVP James Harden. MVP James Harden. So when the Rockets win the most games in the NBA, nobody's talking about the missed games from Chris Paul, the co-star. The Rockets are going to finish with their worst record this year than they did last year. And people are still trying to give it to James Harden the MVP because he scores a lot of ball. He scores a lot of points. He scores the basketball. That's what he does. Again, taking nothing from him. But in your MVP season, you won the most games in the NBA. Even with Chris Paul 
missing 50, only playing 58 games. This year, Chris Paul is on track to play 59 games. Your record's worse than it was last year, and people want to give it to him because he scored a lot of points. But what they're not looking at is, let's look at probability here. If you shoot the ball a lot, you're gonna. If you're if you're a decent player, probability says the more you shoot, the more you're gonna score. If you can make shots, he's making shots, but how much is he shooting? Giannis is more efficient. Giannis' team has won more. Giannis has the best record in the NBA. All those other years that James Harden didn't win, the Rockets been had the best record in the NBA. He didn't win. He was in the race, didn't win. So we reward James Harden for putting up crazy stats and having the best record in the NBA last season. But we can't do the same thing for Giannis. Doesn't make sense. Seems a little biased, don't you think? <laughs> Sounds biased to me. So even though I got some pushback from some of my colleagues and relatives, I'm sticking with what I said. Giannis for the 2018-19 MVP of the NBA. That's what I'm sticking with. There's nothing that anyone can say or do to make me change that because, like I said, Giannis is efficient. Giannis has the numbers. His team is winning. That's the best record in the NBA, period. Have there been moments where on a national scene or national televised game that Giannis didn't play as well as he usually does? Sure. Sure. But it doesn't take anything away from what he what he provides for his team and them having the best record in the NBA and all that. It doesn't change that. Now, again, James Harden, hell of a player, hell of a player, awesome score. He's an alien. He's actually at first. I never wanted to put him up there, but uh, he's, he's in that top five now. James Harden in that top five. But still, for this season right now, he's, he's not my MVP. He's not my MVP. He's not my MVP. So moving on. I got another, I got another little topic that I wanted to, to, to expound upon with this NBA draft coming up soon. The college season's ending. NBA draft is three months away. Um, a lot of things are going to be shaking up. You see Zion Williamson uh, slid out of his shoes. Um, I don't think it was anything with that. It's an outlier. It doesn't happen often. Um, Zion Williamson, even though it's Nike and it's, it's, it's a quality shoe, etc. Maybe Zion shouldn't have been playing in those shoes only because of the way he's built and the the athleticism and everything that he has, he's like 280 pounds. So I think that a LeBron shoe would have probably been best for him to be playing in. Um, a lot of players in the NBA play in those Paul George shoes and it doesn't happen. So I don't think that's a big deal. But if I'm him, I'm shutting it down. Zion, Zion is box office. So by him being box office and being able to sell tickets, plus being a freak athlete that he is, 
and he, he's exciting. He's number one pick, period. Now, if Phoenix got the number one pick, it's going to make it interesting because they really need a point guard bad. And John Moran sitting right there. They trade. They may trade down and still be able to get John Morant or move that pick to get somebody else. I don't know. But if I'm Phoenix and I'm number one, I'm not standing number one to get Zion. I will move down and do something different. But you never know what's going to happen, who's going to get what. But even still, Zion Williamson, it's box office. Um, the NBA is a business, as we all know. And selling tickets and creating excitement with your fan base is a lot of it. Uh, basketball is second to money in the NBA, in my opinion. So um, he's box office. Don't play it again. I know you're going to say, oh, I came here to win a championship. Um, I wanted to be with my guys, the brotherhood. Uh, I owe it to Coach K, whatever it may be, Zion. Whoever's in Zion's corner, mom, dad, um, agent behind the doors, behind closed doors, agent, whatever, sit it down, man. You've done enough. You are special. So since you're so special, you shouldn't have to play. Don't play. You don't owe anybody anything. Uh, you're making a business decision for Zion. And the people that's in your, in your locker room with you, your friends, your classmates, the other freshmen, phenoms that you play with, hey, man, it ain't really their business, to be honest. But just sit it down, man. Just like the Lakers should, should sit everybody down, you sit it down too, man. You're going to be picked number one. Um, it's, it's, I'm pretty sure it's, it's a high chance you're going to go number one. I just hope that the Cavs don't get it because if Zion goes to the Cavaliers, I think that's bad for him because he's going to forever be in LeBron's shadow. And that's a big, 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 big shadow. And it may hurt him as a player. Now, still speaking on these young guys, um, as of right now, they have the top five picks in the draft being Zion number one. RJ number two. Um, at three, they either have John Morant or Jared Culver. Um, at four, Cam or Jared Culver. Five, Cam or Jared Culver. However you want to do it. Um, so those are the top five players in no particular order. Um, since I'm, I, I watch these guys, I'm trying to compare their games to NBA players of like. Now and like recent past, not crazy, crazy past. I mean, like at least like 90s to now. Um, and with that, I've compiled um, a, li- not a list, but just some comparisons. Now, I won't compare any of these five players to any of the NBA superstars because they're not deserving of that yet. Now, if they get to that point where they're balling like that and they're on the level of these superstars, that's one thing. But for them to be compared to them for me, I think it's unfair. So I'm not going to do that. Um, So starting with number five, I'll go with Cam Reddish. To me, Cam, good player. Um, To me, he's the best player long term on Duke's roster right now. I'm going to get some pushback. Cool. Fine. But I think that Cam has the tools to have a long career and be a, 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 star, a star in the NBA. I'll get to Zion in a second, but Cam, his game reminds me 
of ah, I think that his floor may be Chris Middleton. If he can, you know, get get wrap it up defensively, Chris Middleton could be his floor. And then his ceiling. Oh man. His ceiling, his ceiling, his ceiling. This meaning him being like the farthest, the highest he can go. Uh, I would say his ceiling. Ah, I can't put him because CJ, CJ short, CJ shorter than him. I'll say that Cam Reddish's ceiling could be of uh, Indiana Paul George. Indiana Paul George wasn't MVP Paul George, wasn't a rising superstar Paul George that he is now. So I think that Cam Reddish's ceiling could be Indiana Paul George. Sound about right? Because Paul George wasn't averaging 20 plus in his career in Indiana, whatever, but he's a he's a solid pro. He's a really, really good player. I think Cam Reddish's ceiling could be Paul George in Indiana. His floor, if he ramps it up defensively, like Chris Middleton can, Chris Middleton does, Chris Middleton. Bow. Jared Culver, he uh, I haven't seen as much as Jared as I've seen the other guys. Uh, but he, he's a really, really good player too. Uh, for Texas Tech, really, really good player, really good player. Um, a little older than the other guys. I think he's twenty. He's, he's twenty one. Um, he, uh, I would say, his floor could be Jared Culver's floor. Hmm, decent player, really good player. I would say that his floor, he can get it done at all three levels too. That's the crazy part. I got it. I think that his his ceiling is Tobias Harris, right? That's his ceiling. His ceiling, Tobias Harris for Jerry Culver. Tobias Harris, good, good, good player. Good player. Um, His floor, make shots. Not just great defensively, he gets it done. Um, I'll come back to that one. I'll come back to Jerry Culver's floor. But his, his ceiling, I say Tobias Harris. That's 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 damn good to me. That's that's a pretty good ceiling. Oh, I got it. His floor could be one of like the, the Morris brothers. That's that's what I think. Have that those little roles where they play undersized bigs. They can play they play the three. They can play undersized bigs. That's his that's his floor. His floor is one of the Morris brothers. You can pick your pick which one's better to you guys. Uh, but that's his that's his floor. His ceiling Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris. I'm a fan of Tobias Harris. He gets it done, right? Boom. Moving on. John Morant. Woo! This kid here. Special. Special kid. He don't get a lot of love because he goes to Murray State. Uh, he'll be the first player in the and since the NCAA started taking the assists, he'll be the first player in NCAA Division I to average uh 10 assists in the season. He shoots 50% from the field. Baller. Baller. Alright. So his floor, John Morant's floor. Oh man, another tough one. He's freak athletic. He looks to, he he can score the ball. He looks to get his teammates involved as a point guard. John Morant ceiling again. I I think that Russell Westbrook currently isn't one of those superstar players. He's been that though, but this current season he's not. 
He's not being that superstar player because he's taking second fiddle to Paul George, which is actually smart on his part. I think that's great that he's taking the second fiddle to Paul George because Paul George is getting it done done. And the, the, the Thunder are better when Russell Westbrook shoots less. Now, John Morant has been, he's more efficient than Russ has ever been. So I think that his ceiling is Dane. I think he's that good. His, his ceiling is, is Dane. His floor, athletic point guard, uh, DeJounte, DeJounte Murray, Spurs love him. I mean, the size don't really, I mean, size don't really fit as well, but they're both athletic guards. Uh, DeJounte Murray's hurt right now. But I think that John Morant's floor is DeJounte Murray that we've we seen thus far of DeJounte Murray. And his ceiling is Dame. Dame Dollar. I like it. His ceiling is Dame Dollar. All right. Moving to RJ Barrett. He's tough, man, because he shoots the ball a lot. He shoots the ball a lot. He gets it done on the offensive end, though. But he shoots the ball a lot, i.e. James Harden. But again, I'm, I won't compare him to him because it's not fair. And James Harden didn't come in the league as James Harden. Okay. So, R.J. Barrett, he has the tools. He really has the tools. I would say R.J. Barrett's, because I won't, I won't. He's not a project like D'Angelo Russell was a project. He was at the Lakers. He was, he was doing his thing, but he wasn't the D'Angelo Russell he is now. This is fourth year in the league, and he's getting it done. He's finally realizing how to do it. I would say that in the right in all these guys, these these floors and ceilings are all in the right situation because the wrong situation to screw you up anyway. So, R.J. Barrett in the right situation, he could be his floor should be could be D'Angelo Russell before this year. So like D'Angelo Russell last year. He still, DeAndre Russell still got it done, but DeAndre Russell this year is the best DeAndre Russell we've ever seen. So I'm not comparing him to DeAndre Russell now. I'm saying DeAndre Russell from before. Both lefties, both can get it done. DeAndre Russell was a better shooter and a passer, but they both can score the ball from the guard position. They can play either guard position, one or two. So I think his floor is DeAndre Russell previous before this year, right? That's his, that's his floor. His ceiling, man, man, man. I don't want to do it. I don't want to give him. The, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do it. So I'm gonna say his ceiling, RJ Barrett's ceiling. The thing, the thing that's that's killing me is I have to see that he's a lefty. But I'm not trying to, you know what I'm saying. I'm not trying to make it to where I'm looking at only left hand players. You know what I'm saying? But. He has that that knack to just get it done scoring. But like I said, I won't compare these players to any superstars and James Harden is a superstar. So I will say this. His floor is D'Angelo Russell before year four. Right? His ceiling is a poor man's James Harden. RJ Barrett. Poor man James Harden. This is Ah, but he can't shoot it like James, man. He can't shoot it like James. He can't shoot it like James. But that might not be good because he can't shoot it like James. Let's say his ceiling. I can't use the poor man James because he can't shoot that ball like that. He might be able to learn to, but he can't do it right now. 
ah, he gets to the rim, he's athletic, ah, man, uh, I can't, I can't look at the lefty all the time, hmm, come back to that, RJ Barry is tough, man, you shoot the ball a lot, man, uh, he gets it done, though, but skip that, skip that, I'll come back to that, but... The guy I want to talk about is Zion because I don't know what type of NBA player he's going to be. I don't know, but this is going to play. It's hard. Now, he's box office, like I said. He's going to one because he's box office. He's going to sell tickets. He's exciting. I say that his ceiling, this is, man, it's hard because Blake Griffin is his ceiling. The, 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 the Blake Griffin is having a career year as well. So I would say that Zion Williamson's ceiling is Blake Griffin. That's tough because Blake is tough, man. Blake is tough. So Zion Williamson, ceiling, Blake Griffin. Floor, Blake Griffin can shoot a little bit. I haven't seen Zion Williamson shoot, shoot, shoot that much. Um, He's going to have to work on that. Um, His floor... Hmm. I can't give him a floor. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough. Zion's floor. I can't think of it. Zion's floor. RJ's floor. I can't think of it. These guys are just really good players. And their floor is just tough. Because Zion Williamson gets it done, but he doesn't. He ain't not able to shoot the jumper yet. Blake Griffith can shoot the jumper. He can get it done now. So, I would say, okay, Zion's floor is Blake Griffin when he came in the league. Zion's ceiling is Blake Griffin now. I think they're like identical players. But when when Blake was in college, he was shooting the ball more. But when he came in the league, he wasn't shooting that much. But now he's shooting it a little bit. His mid-range, he shoots that. He got he has it going on. He created the Lob City with uh, Chris Paul. So that's that's good right there. I think that that that's that's good for me with the uh with the Zion comparison or, or the, the Zion's floor and his ceiling. Floor, Blake Griffin when he first got in the league, ceiling, Blake Griffin now. He could, he could possibly surpass that, but I just think that's the ceiling right now. Blake Griffin's been having a career year. Blake Griffin's a super fine player. Uh, R.J. Barrett. <clears throat> Actually, I could change that up. I'll say that R.J. Barrett's ceiling is D'Angelo Russell now. His now D'Angelo Russell, the 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 All Star D'Angelo Russell, that's R.J. Barrett's ceiling. Shoots the ball a lot. D'Angelo don't shoot it like that. D'Angelo's a better passer. He can see the floor better. He's more willing to get his teammates involved. R.J.'s not that yet, but I mean he might have to be. R.J.'s a scoring guard though. Uh, I won't give R.J. R.J. a floor. I can't think of it. Maybe on the next episode, um, I might give him one. But as of right now, I can't. It's it's, it's tough. Uh, really good player though. But, uh, yeah, so, hey, hope you guys are uh, enjoying this podcast. Until next time, I'm out.